Welcome to Make Better Photos and Videos podcast. I am Ross. Uh, good day, and I am Gordon. Good day, Gordon. Question for you. Is it safe to say that you enjoy the photography of avian creatures? Oh, you mean like birds? Yeah, because you know how good I am. Not pterodactyls. That's a bird. Yes, absolutely. I head out regularly to make images of birds and to work to make images of birds that I have not seen or photographed before. Well, your work certainly speaks for itself because I think it's really excellent. I take it a longer focal length lens is a necessity? Uh, it doesn't have to be. But I do use my 300 millimeter regularly. Okay, and so to be clear, you're using the Olympus camera line, so that's the same angle of view as a 600 millimeter on a full-frame camera, correct? It is. And one of the real benefits to me is how small and light it is. And adding a 1.4 or 2x teleconverter gives one an insane focal length in a very small lens. I've seen you manhandle your 500 around inside the car, and it Looks um, interesting. That is one way of putting it. And you know what? My current state of being, I can't actually shoot that lens handheld anymore. Well, yeah, I I can handhold my 300 millimeter. But uh, still, for the best images, I use a tripod. In fact, I'm one of those people who almost always takes a tripod with me. But that just makes sense from a stability perspective, because the angle of view on a lens like that is only four degrees or so. So minor movement could take something right out of frame. Yeah, so just right little bit of wobble and uh, you've got a serious impediment to getting a photograph. Well, I typically use a really right stuff ball head for my tripods, but with that very narrow angle of view, I don't find that small changes are accomplished quickly nor smoothly. And if I'm trying to pan follow something in flight, I can't do it. Yeah, I can see how that would happen. So, though I can handhold that lens, I stopped being a sucker for punishment a few years ago. And now I use a gimbal head that is built to move independently in two dimensions, allowing for smoothness and quicker alignment with a really long lens. Well, you know, I have a gimbal head that I can mount on my tripods, and it's really great quality, but the setup seems to take a bit of time. Yes, but that's time well worth it. And the beauty of the gimbal is that you can take the time to balance the camera and lens on a gimbal so that it moves smoothly, but with the right balance, it also stays at whatever angle you put it. So I'm currently using a Jobu a gimbal head, and it really is ideal for this kind of work. Well, I do have to agree with your comments, because once I do have that set up properly balanced, I can do those small tracking moves and I can even sometimes accomplish a pan in two dimensions with ease. But, of course, the onus is on me to practice my technique. Well, yes. A gimbal makes life easier. 
But like most things, you still have to invest in yourself to get the most out of one. So you would recommend a camera plate and a plate receiver for the gimbal head? Oh, absolutely. Any any other way of putting it on is just plain ridiculous. I know in your case, you have an L-bracket on your camera, and you have Arca-Swiss dovetail plates and a locking Arca-Swiss compatible clamp. I also use the Arca-Swiss dovetail plates and locking clamps. Not as sophisticated as yours, but they work, and it makes mounting and dismounting the camera and lens very easy. And one thing I should mention is that when I first started doing this, I set up the camera, and when I had it appropriately balanced, I scored the the plate with a couple of marks, uh, one for if I had the teleconverter, the other for if I was not using a teleconverter. And if I mount in that location every time, putting it on and off is a snap. That's great advice for folks. Just a simple marking on the plate yep. gives you that consistency. Yep. Huh. Excellent. Well, I have to admit that another place that the gimbal really works for me is if I'm using that longer focal length lens with a two times teleconverter or even a 1.4 times teleconverter, because now the angle of view is even more narrow. And frankly, it's, I find it impossible to manage on a standard ball head because the ball heads are built to handle large movements and then lock down and stop moving. Yeah, I, I have found the same thing. Unless I'm working solely out of my camera backpack, but the long glass, I use a tripod with a gimbal hand, period. So how do you mount the head to your tripod? Well, any tripod that's worth having allows for the ability to remove the head assembly. The tripod head mounting platform either takes quarter 20 or a 3 8 16 mounting stud, reed bolt if you are not otherwise inclined. And I made sure that the my gimbal head would fit on my tripod and just screw it on and then lock it in place. I should mention that to get the balance right, you may have to add a longer arc plate to the foot so that you can move the lens back and forth to the appropriate balance point. And to state the obvious, this is not a good time to mount the camera body on the head. The weight of the lens hanging off the camera body is going to destroy something. So if it's got a tripod foot, use the tripod foot. And I think it's safe to say that most longer lenses we buy will have their own tripod mount on them. Yes. Okay. But some have the Archer Swiss plate built in and some do not. Right, so that's something you would look for. You should look for, yes. Okay, very good. Now, you've got this mounted on the this gimbal head. How does the gimbal move? Ah, that's the beauty. There is usually a panoramic-style plate that allows me to smoothly swing the camera on a horizontal axis, so left to right, right to left, without uh, tilting it. There's even a drag control so that I can set how easily it moves. That's part of the setup process. 
the arm which actually takes the weight of the camera and the lens has uh, an L-shaped bracket that tilts forward and backwards and that's how you get the up and down movement. So when you combine left and right and up and down in the same motion, you get almost a 300, well not a 360, but 180 degree swing in the, in the lens. The bracket also has an Arca Swiss locking clamp and it's long enough to be able to balance the camera and lens perfectly. Some gimbals mount the camera from the side, not using an L-arm. I have no experience with this, but I have read that it seems to, well, it worked well with the person who was reviewing it. You know, I have to admit, I wondered what your thoughts were on the, the side mounting. It seems not correct to me, but uh, maybe well, you have other opinions. Well, personally, I prefer the L-arm. And... The reason for that is it falls underneath the camera and lens center of balance. So if I draw a line from the camera lens center of balance down to the center of the earth, you know, fall mm -hmm. gravity, mm -hmm. you know, having the arm underneath just makes better sense to me. I also find from a physics perspective, there's going to be less sideways torque because the, the mount point is underneath the camera, not off to one side. I suppose as, as long as the unit is tough, I'm not sure that the mount type matters, although for myself, I'm way more comfortable with the L-arm. And I do know that the gimbal head maker that I use really right stuff. They do offer a side mount, but I didn't choose it. Okay. Now, on the topic of your gimbal head, you mentioned Jobu. They're made in Canada, I believe. Yeah. I believe the company is based out of uh, Toronto. And you can find their products uh, in some camera shops as well as online. They have their own online store. And uh, in gimbal material matter, you will get what you pay for. Uh, that's not surprising. Whenever I do chat with folks who are complaining of having tripod or head issues, it's typically a product quality problem. And in the case of gimbals, because they're designed to move as much as they are, do they require any major maintenance? Not that I have found. Apparently, as long as you take the time to clean and wipe it dry once you're home, the joints are all very well sealed, and I have not had a problem so far. Well, that's good. If you were making a recommendation for someone starting looking at a good starter gimbal, what kind of investment are they looking at? Money-wise, when I got mine, it was about 300 to $400, somewhere there. And it sounds like a lot, but it is well worth it. I did watch a friend uh, in the camera club in the early days of using the gimbal. He struggled with a cheap brand gimbal. And he swore at it and kicked things and stamped around. And finally, he kicked it to the curb, bought one from Jobu, and I can't borrow it off him now because he won't give it to me. Well, that's a key point. There's no value in spending the money if you're not going to use it with some regularity. And there's no point spending less money for something that's going to cause you nothing but pain and heartache. Yeah, well, that is a standard truism. 
I think for me, gimbals are a valuable addition to the photography kit. I know I have watched things about with the new lenses and the smaller camera systems. People are extolling the fact that they no longer have to carry a tripod. And all I can say is, well, good for you. If you can do it and you're satisfied with the results, go for it. For me, I'll stick with my tripod and my gimbal. So, this, I think that's all we got to say. So, thanks to you all for listening. I am Gordon. And I am Ross. Thank you for listening and subscribing to the Make Better Photos and Videos podcast. If you shop at BNH Photo Video, do so through the link on the main page of our site. It costs you nothing and pays a small commission to help us keep things going on here. Until next time, peace. Bye.